Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 8, verses 12 through 20. But before we get to that, I need to explain why we're skipping John 7:53 through 8:11. So we came across a situation similar to this at the end of the book of Mark. Actually, if you're interested in this, I'd recommend that you go back to episode 658. That's Mark 16, 9 through 20, where we didn't do a devotion on that text, but we had a conversation, Pastor Bob Erickson and I, about what this means when it says the earliest manuscripts do not include this text, because that's the same thing we have going on here in John 7, 53 through 8, 11. Now, it's a different text, and it's a more popular text than the the one in Mark 16, but scholars believe that the same basic thing happened. This is the account of the woman caught in adultery. You remember they hauled her out before Jesus and they were supposed to stone this woman, but Jesus said anyone who's without sin can cast the first stone. And then he wrote something with his finger on the ground and the people who had picked up stones dropped their stones and walked away. A very powerful scene if in fact it happened. And there are at least a couple different theories about this. One is that it did happen, but it was not included in John's original manuscript and whoever was copying this manuscript inserted it here because it did happen just like it says it happened even though John originally left it out. That's one take on this. The other take of course is that it didn't happen at all. Here's what my ESV study Bible footnote says on this text. There is considerable doubt that this story is part of John's original gospel for it is absent from all of the oldest manuscripts but there's nothing in it unworthy of sound doctrine. It seems best to view the story as something that probably happened during Jesus' ministry, but that was not originally part of what John wrote in his gospel. Therefore, it should not be considered as part of scripture and should not be used as a basis for building any point of doctrine unless that point of doctrine is confirmed elsewhere in scripture. So here's my own personal take, and this is why we're not doing a devotion on that text. As much as I like the story, and as many times as I've heard entertaining sermons preached about this text, I'm going to personally choose not to treat it like the inerrant word of God. And for this reason, we're not doing a devotion on the text. You probably wouldn't find me preaching a sermon on this text. And my reasoning behind that is I want to handle scripture very, very carefully. I take every single word of the Bible as intended by God to be there. And if there's any doubt that a particular text wasn't in the original manuscripts and therefore wasn't intended by the original writer, John, or Mark, in the case of episode 658, I'm going to stay away from it. Now, if I get to heaven someday and God says, Reister, you should have done a devotion on chapter 8 verses 1 through 11, I'm going to say, Lord, I apologize, but my philosophy on scripture is when in doubt, be as conservative as possible in my interpretation of your word. I stand corrected. And then I'd probably ask God to tell me the story about how this didn't end up in John's original manuscript, but should have been included in the Daily Dose devotions. Again, if any of this interests you, the conversation that Pastor Bob and I had in episode 658 will be of interest to you as well. Go check that out. So let's go to chapter 8 verses 12 through 20. And this is debated by scholars as being either right after the Feast of Booths while Jesus stayed in Jerusalem and was around the temple, or maybe it was included still during the Feast of Booths. We don't know exactly for sure, and it probably doesn't matter a whole lot. Verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You might remember that language, light of life, coming from the very first chapter of John in verse two or verse three, continuing on. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing 
bearing witness about yourself, your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So this ongoing controversy, conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees continues to heat up as we were talking about in the previous text and the text before it. And when the Jewish people are accusing Jesus of his testimony about himself not being true, they actually have a legitimate gripe according to their own law. As Jesus pointed out later in the text, if somebody's going to give testimony about something in a legal way, it needs to be confirmed by at least two witnesses. They're saying you don't have two witnesses. You're only bearing witness about yourself. Therefore, your testimony is not true. It's not valid according to our laws and our customs. But Jesus argues back to them and says, no, 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 I have two witnesses, guys. Number one is me, myself, bearing witness about myself. And number two is God the Father who sent me, bearing witness about me. And so that does satisfy your legal requirements. Two witnesses, the testimony is true. And of course, this is blasphemy to the Pharisees. For Jesus to suggest that God, the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who they're working so hard to satisfy by following all his rules and laws and demanding that others do the same. Jesus would suggest that that God, A, sent him, and B, confirms his testimony that he is the light of life, that he is the Messiah, that he is the prophet, as we talked about in the previous text. This is beyond the pale. And as if it's not tense enough, his answer to their question about where is the Father would twist the knife a little bit deeper. He says they don't know the Father because they don't know who he is. And this, friends, is pretty staggering to consider. These Pharisees, in worldly terms, are are the go-to people about who is God the Father. These people are the experts of the Jewish religion. If anybody on planet Earth should know who God the Father is, it's these guys. And Jesus exposes them again, saying they have no idea who the Father is. This brings up a really important point, friends. People on Earth who we think should be experts about who God is might actually not have any idea what they're talking about. The litmus test as to whether somebody is an expert on who God the Father is is not their position in some religion. It's not their knowledge about that religion. Jesus makes it clear right here. The litmus test as to whether somebody truly knows God the Father is whether they know Jesus Christ. Reminds me of a verse we're going to get to very soon where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We can't know the Father apart from knowing Jesus. Do you know Jesus? I hope you do. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and internet ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, The Family 
family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.